don't know if you've ever seen a video of um, someone receiving a cochlear implant and hearing for the first time. If you need a good cry, go watch cochlear implant videos or soldiers surprising their kids when they come home. Those are always good for a good cry, at least for me. So there's videos of kids who, you know, they're deaf and they get an implant and they turn it on and they hear their parents for the first time. And it's very cool and it's, it can be a real tearjerker. And you realize, isn't that how much you take for granted? Like, oh, what it means to hear your loved one's voice. And what it would be like if you could never hear them. Just like the aloneness of not being able to hear, uh, to hear a voice, to hear a word from the voice of your beloved. God the Father deeply desires that you would hear his voice. He desires to speak to you. Not only does he desire to speak to you, but he is speaking to you. God is present and active. He is very close to you all the time. He holds you and embraces you in love all the time. And from that place of great closeness, he wants to speak to you. He wants you to hear his voice and to hear his words. Now, the words of somebody who loves us have great power, but God's power has uh, is something it's hard for us to fathom and imagine. Remember, when God creates the world, how does he do it? He does it with his voice, with his words. He says, let there be light. Let there be teeming fish. Whatever it is, just his voice is creative. And his voice has the power to bring forth something new. His voice has the power to heal, to change, to transform. That is all true towards you. God's voice and his word has the power to transform you, to affect you. First reading, the prophet Isaiah is comparing the power of God's word, of his voice, to rainfall. Thank God for rain. Amen? It's, gosh, what a difference just driving around, right? Just feel it. There's just this lushness, this verdure, like things are beautiful. Uh, rain has power, immense power. When it doesn't rain, how do you fix it? You kind of don't. And we can irrigate some, right? But, but it, it, we are dependent upon this rain. So Isaiah says, this is God speaking through him, just as from the heavens the rain and snow come down, and they don't return there till they have watered the earth, making it fertile and fruitful, giving seed to the one who sows and bread to the one who eats, so shall my what be? My word. So shall by my word be that goes forth from my mouth. So his word, when it is received, has the power to bring forth fruitfulness. The Jesus in the Gospels is also quoting the prophet Isaiah that says, if we are able to hear God's word, if our ears and our eyes are open to receive what God is giving, we will hear his word, we will understand, be converted, and we will be healed. He says, I will heal them. God's word has the power to heal you, to bring life so God's word is not about learning more stuff, okay? It's not about just information, although that's, that's involved in it. But when God speaks his word and we receive it, it brings healing and life to our souls. So we need it. Like we are truly dependent on God's word, on receiving it. it this is life or death. God gives us life through his word. There's a, an interesting way, and there's a mystery still around it, the way that 
that uh, the scriptures talk about Jesus before he became man. He's always been God, and he became a human being. Sometimes he's called the Word of God, right? The Word of God. Just weird. We, we don't step back and think about it like, oh, that's, a, that's a weird way to talk. This guy is his word? But it's something about he is the truth, he is the life, he is the meaning, he is the love that is breathed forth from the Father. He is the essence of the Father as he is spoken out, as he gives himself. And God's word, his deepest meaning, his life, at one point became one of us, took flesh. And that happened in a very important person, although very humble and unknown, and in a very important way. And that, of course, was through Mary, right? The word became flesh through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Mary was without sin. Why is that important? It's important because she was without sin so she could be good soil. She was totally open and receptive and desirous of God's word. It's almost as if her heart was totally set on hearing God's word above all else. So she didn't fall for anything short of that. Our sins are always way in which we fall for, for something that's short of God. When we reject sin and Satan, we also reject his empty promises, right? Sin is always an empty promise. We're looking for something and we settle short. But Mary didn't settle short. She kept herself totally open and desirous to receive God's word. And because of that, the angel Gabriel brought God's word to her and she said yes. Like she'd been waiting for this. The church says that she longed for his coming with a love beyond all telling. She had longed for the word of God to come. And it took flesh in her. The word became flesh. And he dwelt among us. So we want to be like Mary, who are open to receiving God's word. Jesus is telling us this parable about there's different types of ground. So too, there's different ways of being as a human being. Some of us are open to God's word. Some of us are not. All of us, all of us are called to be more and more open, to be fertile ground, to have open hearts that receive God's word. You can think of this, this is one of your most important is to receive from God and to be available to receive what he desires to give, to receive his word. So we can kind of go through these, these types of soil, right? The seed is being scattered and there's a sense of generosity. The seeds are going all over the place, right? There is an abundance with which God is spreading his word, his seed He's, it's, it's not, the problem is not that God's not sowing seeds. The problem is not all the soil is, is open to receive it. You have this first form of, of soil that, that's the path. That path has, has been packed down. It's hard. And uh, it says the, the seed there falls without being understood. The evil one comes and steals it away. So there's a couple of things going on. Once there's just a lack of understanding... There is a way in which we need to be taught how to receive God's word, how to receive the gospel. That's not necessarily innate. But there's also a sense that perhaps this person has this, the depth of allegiance with evil that like, because of evil, because of sin, their, their ears are closed and their eyes are blind. Sin prevents us from receiving God's word. If you haven't gotten to confession in a long, long, long time, please go. Please go. Not, not for my sake. I don't need that to feel important. I'm kind of tired, frankly. <laughs> this is one of the few times that priests ask for more work. Please go to confession because God wants to open your heart and just to wipe it all away and just to love you. If you're not going to confession, you're not being kind to yourself. 
Confession is a sacrament. It's a gift. It's like we go down the one, like baptism. Yeah, I want it. Confirmation. I want it. We need priests. Yeah, penance. Ugh, maybe not, right? <laughs> no, it's a gift. It's a, a tremendous gift. If we don't want to go, go to confession, there's a way in which we don't know God's heart yet and just how loving and kind he is. That was a tangent. Bringing it back. So confession loosens the soil of the path. It starts to break it up again. It drives the birds away. Okay? The second type is, is um, uh, rocky ground. It says the person receives the word with great joy because it's really good. Um, but it doesn't last because there's no root. It's shallow. So two ways of talking about this. It's shallow in the sense maybe that, yeah, that we can be shallow. If we live life on the surface all the time, there's not deep places in us for, the, for God's word to settle into. You have a deep interior life. There's a lot going on down here. And not all of you realize it. I know I don't at times. Some of our parents told us to shut down the deep parts, and so we, we tried to live on the surface. God is about tilling that up and getting back to the deep places in us. So there's a way in which God wants to draw us to the depths of what's going on. Um, but also, this type of soil is the person that, that God is not first and foremost, and said, God is somebody I try to use to get what I want. So it's not like, oh, I want God above all things. It's more like, oh, I want God so that I'll have peace, or I want God so that I'll have money, or I want God so that things will go well for me. I only pray to God when I need something. It's good to pray when you need something, but if that's the only time we pray and the only time we spend time with God, that probably means we're using him. We're just trying to get something out of him because we don't love him. Right? If we love him, then we'll spend time with him when I don't need anything because I need him. I, I want him above all things. So what God wants to do with this type of soil is remove the stones, the rocks, and bring depth and richness and to convince us, like, I am your life. I am your joy. I am everything you long for and desire. Third type of soil, I think as we hear it, at least for me, it's like, yep, <laughs> this is the one that all y'all will be struggling with, and your priests too, okay? Right. Some of the seed is scattered among thorns. They hear the word, but then worldly anxiety and the lure of riches choke the word, and it bears no fruit. Whose life feels a little overfull at the present? Yeah. Kind of everybody, right? Your lives are full. And most of you, your lives are too full. There's just too much going on. There's not a reverence for just the human person and limitations. Do you know you need to be still? That's part of being a human. At times, you need to be quiet. There was a time where if you wanted to hear music, you had to go to somebody who could play an instrument and have them play it for you. That's the only way you could hear music. You might go months without hearing music. <laughs> Some of us fill our days with noise constantly, right? I mean, it's just wild. It's the, the possibility is incredible. I'm not saying that the ability to hear music is bad, but the fact that we can totally fill all things with noise is a problem. Because to receive God's word, to hear his voice, you need silence. You need stillness. If you cannot be silent or still, there's something wrong with your soul. The God of the Sabbath, who commands us to rest for a day, knows that we need it. We need to slow down. That's uncomfortable for some of us. And that's okay. You need to push through the discomfort. Because something good is coming. But we need silence and stillness. Our lives tend to be choked with things, distractions, just like too much going on, and God won't dominate. He won't shout. He won't invade. 
So if there's too much going on, we just can't hear him. It just gets choked out. So there is a way we can ask Jesus to come along and pull some of the thorns and the weeds. Sometimes instead of asking God what extra thing uh, he wants you to do, it might be good to ask, like, Jesus, what do you want me to stop? Just to lay down. Sometimes I think God is more about pruning than asking you to do more stuff. Do you believe that space and time will be filled by God's presence and his love? It will not remain barren. Well, you might have to wait. Sometimes God wants to stir up deep desires in us by, by having us wait, but you will not be barren. You will not be fruitless. Instead of thorns, there will be lush vegetation, right? Something beautiful and good. And so lastly, we want to be the soil that's rich, rich soil. Here's the word, understands it. It's like the, the soil can house it in deep places and hold on to it, and then it bears fruit. Notice, in the image of the soil, in the image of the rain, there is a slowness about this, right? It's not fast. It's not instant. It takes time. It's growth. It's nurture. It's wholeness. It's richness. God's word needs space and time. It needs slowness at times. So we want to be good soil. And there's a lot of voices and spirits around you that are trying to make you bad so to keep you going, to go, 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 faster, faster. But we want to slow down and open to receive life. The incarnation is not supposed to just happen once in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. It's supposed to happen billions of times in you and in me. That's the meaning of history. That Christ might be all in all. That we would be good soil that can receive the Father's word and that Jesus might take flesh in us, might become fully alive in us, and all parts of your life would be filled with his life and his goodness. That's what we're about as Christians. So that's not something you and I can do. We can't make that happen, but we can be available to allow it to happen. We become good soil to receive God's word. Um... Yeah, uh, there, God wants to bear fruit in you. Great fruit. Lushness, verdure, abundance. And I'd like you just to sit with that image that like God wants to bear fruit in you and maybe just call to mind fruitful things like, again, just like the beautiful pastures right now. Right? Maybe it's an apple tree and the branches are just like hanging low because they're heavy. Right? They're heavy. Maybe it's, you know, grain elevators that are looking for new places to put piles of grain. Maybe it's just like big ripe tomatoes. But what's an image of fruitfulness? And just sit with it and, and get this sense of like, oh, God wants to bear fruit in me. Something more beautiful than any of that. That my life would be fruitful, full of life, full of abundance, full of his life and his goodness.